0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Now today we want to look at one of the laws that govern the kingdom of God. Understand this that we're going to define the kingdom of God very simply so you'll have a handle on it. When you see kingdom of God in your Bible, you should simply read this, God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. It is usually very opposed to the way the world system operates. For instance, God's way of doing things, kingdom operation would say, Forgive those who offend you. Bless those who persecute you. The word would say, give, and it shall be given to you. Over and over again, God's way of doing things, kingdom operation, is totally different than the operation of the world, and especially of the flesh and of the evil one. But the kingdom of God has laws that govern it. The highest law in the kingdom of God is the law of love and grace. The Bible even calls the law of grace. Out of God's unconditional love. He saw every choice you were ever going to make and loved you unconditionally. Think about that one. Out of God's love flows his grace. That is, his grace is his favor and his ability. That is, the grace of God, you are looked on with favor because of Jesus Christ. God sees you who have received him as an act of faith. God receives you, He he sees you in Christ and he loves you and accepts you to the same measure that he loves and accepts jesus if you were in christ how could it be any other way and so out of god's love flows his grace his favor and his ability most of us know by grace we are saved through faith that is out of god's love and favor We are saved. But did you also know that God's grace also has to do with the ability He gives to sustain you, to bless you, to encourage you? Remember what uh, the Spirit of the Lord told Paul when he said, I've got something that is a thorn in my flesh and I cried out to God over and over again that He would remove it from me. And he said... My grace, my favor, and my ability is more than enough. Most gladly then, Paul says, what will he do? His strength is perfected in my weakness. There's more than enough favor and more than enough ability that flows out of the heart of God. Now today, this is harvest time, harvest month in the natural realm. I want us to look into the scriptures and see passages that there has been great, great um, error on both sides of the main road. On one side is the ditch that totally disregards god's grace having anything to do with material blessing or or any kind of favor and ability as it relates to financial matters that is strictly something that god only deals with the spiritual and in that ditch there is a negligence and a, a, an absolute repudiation that that God's grace has anything to do with anything material or natural. On the other side of that ditch is there, are, there is the error, the ditch that says, well, God, and there's preaching like this today. God, If you listen to some of it, you would actually begin to think that God saved you to make you rich. God didn't save you to make you rich. He saved you to make you like Jesus. And that is far greater riches than having any kind of material thing that's going to burn up anyway. But right in the middle, right in the middle, if you look in the Word of God, you cannot deny that part of God's grace, part of His favor and His ability is His provision. Try telling one of your children I love you, but I'm not going to give you any food. I'm not going to provide any shelter or clothing. You figure that out for yourself. Just enjoy that I'm your parent. How would that work for you? It is an undeniable, plain teaching that part of God's grace, a a mighty part of God's grace, is his provision for his children. Let's look at chapter 6 of Galatians in the context of something the Bible calls sowing and reaping. Understand that there are four, four ways that the Bible talks about seed. One is that which has to do with procreation. That is the deposit of sperm into an egg that brings procreation. It is life. It is physical and spiritual genetics. The Bible says that that God was going to bless Abraham and his seed. That doesn't just mean Isaac and Jacob. If you read Galatians 3, you find out that in Christ Jesus, we now as believers have become Abraham's seed. We're descendants, spiritual descendants of our father Abraham. So seed has to do with pre- procreation in life. Sometimes seed is the form of plant life. Genesis eight twenty two says, God said this, As long as the earth shall last, there will be seed time and harvest time. Seed time and harvest time. Jesus refers to the word of God as seed. He taught this parable, the sower sows the word. And in the context, he's talking about seed that goes on different kinds of ground. The Bible also talks about seed as money, finances. Let's look first of all here at Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let him who is taught the Word, him who provides spiritual leadership, share in all good things with him who teaches. That is, let him who receives spiritual leadership, the teaching of the Word, Let him share in all good things with him who teaches. I can tell you this, this is your business, but if you are not investing in those who minister to you, you are missing not only a biblical command, but a wonderful opportunity to obey the word of God and receive the blessing of God. Now you can try that one on for yourself. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Remember, this is in the context of sowing blessing. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. In the natural realm, if you sow soybeans, do you get watermelon? Whatever a man sows, that way. In other words, remember this principle. Seed reproduces after its own kind. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh, if if my motives are self, all about me, if I am always investing about me and my desires and what I want, then I'm going to reap from the flesh. I will reap corruption. That is, something that is corruptible is something that is not eternal. It has a time limit on it. Have you looked at some of the stuff in your pantry? It's corruptible. But he who sows to the Spirit, that is, in obedience to the Holy Spirit's direction through his Word and his inner witness, will of the Spirit reap Everlasting life. And that don't start in heaven. That starts the moment you trust Christ as your Lord. So let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. What happens to somebody who's sowing but says it is taking too long, that seed's never going to come up, and he walks off from the seed? doesn't fertilize it, doesn't cultivate it, gives up on it. What happens? He doesn't receive a harvest that is reaped, right? How many of you know that God is looking over every seed sown out of a heart of obedience and a motive that is to please the Lord? God is watching over that seed. Why would you walk off from it? Look at what the eternal word of God says. Whatever a man sows, whatever, this he will also reap. It is in the context of financial giving, of financial sowing. But it's true, whatever means whatever in every area. Now let's turn back to the left here to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Oh, I know what pastor's doing. He's trying to raise money. Well, the next time you have an offering plate passed under your nose will be the the only time that that's been done. This is for you. This is, not, this is not about me. This is for you. I want you to get at, I want you to understand in the depths of your being the power of sowing and reaping. I want you to get it. God put it in operation. We didn't make it up. Look at verse 6, chapter nine, Second Corinthians. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, understand this, that harvest... Uh, look, the context of this is about giving in the context of the faith family for the needs of the saints. It, it had to do with giving to meet the needs of those in the faith family who were struggling. Notice that harvest is determined at the time of sowing. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. But understand this, that from scriptures, if you look at the whole scriptures, you've got to understand That God's not talking about a dollar amount. God is talking about proportional giving. How do you know that, Pastor? What did Jesus say when he was watching everybody come and put money in the pot? The disciples were impressed, like, wow, did you see that? And a little woman walked down to the front of the temple and dropped, some little bitty coins in the the offering plate, and Jesus said she gave more than they did. And they're like, what? He said they gave out of their abundance. It never fazed them. They just gave a tip. She gave everything she had to live on. Understand this. God determines amount not by what you give, but by what you have left after you give. Wow! Boy, now that's not very popular preaching, is it? Harvest is determined at the time of sowing. 2 Corinthians verse 7. Let's look at 9 7. So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Notice what that doesn't say. It doesn't say that there ought to be a committee from the church to call everybody up to try to raise funds to see how much money they can afford to pay the bank. I'm gonna get scalded on this one. (laughs) Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful heart. You know what that means? That this ought to be something that you see between you and God And that you ought to be able to see in this context the opportunity that God is giving you. And it ought to be something that gives you great joy. Why should that give me great joy? Well, don't quit reading. He's about to tell you. God is able to make all grace Remember what we were saying? What's the context of this? Sowing and reaping. Is grace God's favor and ability involved in sowing and reaping? Absolutely. It's permeated with God's grace. He's able to make all grace a little trickle or abundance. Abound towards you. That you, how often, Always having all sufficiency. What does that mean? I've got everything that I basically need to operate. May have an abundance for every good work. God, listen, everybody see this. God give us. I have been praying that God would give every one of you a revelation of this verse right here. God is able to to cause all favor and ability to abound towards you so that you would always have your basic needs met and God would take you from sufficiency into abundance so that you would have everything you need to do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. You talk about a place of joy. You talk about about a place... Of encouragement, you talk about a place of blessing. If you had all your needs sufficiently met and an abundance, so that every time the Spirit of God says, okay, give here, give here, bless here, bless there, wouldn't that be a mighty blessing? Why would God put it in the Word if it wasn't possible? I said why would God put it in the word if it wasn't possible? My heart cry is that every one of us every one of us get revelation that our God is able to cause favor and ability to flow to us to such an extent that always having always yeah always having all sufficiency we may have more than enough for the purpose of being a blessing. Always having more than enough for the purpose of building castles and owning islands? No, being a blessing. Nothing is more valuable than that, being a blessing. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be exciting to you to always be able to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit's desire? Help him. Help her. Do this. Do This is in the context now of blessing, of sowing and getting involved in, understand this, that the kingdom of God has an economic system. And it works just the opposite of the way the world's economic system works. And God is able to make all grace, favor, and ability abound Toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Can I tell you something? The Lord is not going to ask you to do every good work. No, He's not. You can't. God didn't call you to do every good work, God didn't call and assign you to meet every need. And if you start out trying to do that, you will be very, very frustrated. God didn't assign you to say yes every time somebody has a need. Did you know that? The Word says, He wants to give you an abundance for every good deed, but that's under the control and direction of His Spirit. All of us need to understand, are you listening? None of us are anybody else's provider. And if we try, knowingly or unknowingly, if we try with good motives or bad motives, if we try, we're going to fail. We're going to be frustrated. And we're not, do you know why? Because only God deserves to be somebody's provider. He's the only one who is capable of being someone's provider. You know what that means? It means that sometimes... We're not going to hear the Holy Spirit say fix that. We're going to hear the Spirit say pray for it and encourage. But I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the choir. And I sing first baritone in that choir. God is able to make all, everybody say it with me, my God God is more than able to make all favor and ability to abound toward me so that I will always have all sufficiency in all things, and I may have an abundance for the purpose of every good work he assigns me to do. Notice he quotes Old Testament scripture about God himself in his very character has, out of his own abundance, he has given to those who were poor and in need. And notice verse 10, Now may he who supplies... Seed to the sower and bread for food. Okay, what is bread for food? Is that sufficiency or an abundance? Four of you are listening. That's sufficiency, isn't it? It talks about food. Provides bread for food and may he who provides seed to the sower. What seed? If you eat your seed, you don't have anything for tomorrow. Right? If you're eating your seed, instead of sowing your seed, you will consume your seed on your own flesh and there won't be a return. You don't get... God give us revelation that I don't make a living i get my living from my giving give us revelation it is totally opposite the way the world operates god operates through the law of sowing and reaping remember the law, it is out of the law of grace that sowing and reaping even functions god will supply seed to the sower I challenged the Lord on this. Many, many years ago, I was dead broke. We didn't know how we were going to eat from day to day. I had so many bills piled up, I would never even think of getting even, much less having anything to spare to give anybody else. I mean, it was a disaster. Anybody else had a financial disaster? Four of us. It is no fun. It has you by the throat every waking moment. And if you don't think that's pressure, you've never been there. And of course, the Lord shows me this scripture. Well, I had a problem with that. See, God, if this is true, if you supply me with seed and bread for, I don't even have bread for food. How am I going to get seed? The spirit of the Lord said shift he shift your shift your focus off your bank account. You don't have anything to do with where you are right now. I promise you, the Holy Spirit said to me, go upstairs and look in your closet. I got up there. I was like a little kid not wanting to obey a parent. He said, all right, here I am. As if he couldn't see me. (laughs) What do you want? He said, what do you see in there? Clothes. How did those clothes come to you? Did you, did you just walk in the store and they said, oh, what a great guy. Here, have some clothes. That took some, you, you had to give something in exchange for that, didn't you? Yeah. So, if there is material, if there is some financial material in those clothes, in the absence of having anything in your bank account, why don't you start sewing something that costs financial money my bank account was a disaster so i said all right i'll do it i started giving things out of my closet and i can't tell you how many years i operated as a minister without a suit little embarrassing to try to uh, to bury somebody or marry somebody when you didn't even have a suit that was not my most fun days So I'm not telling you this happened overnight like, poof, it's a miracle. (laughs) Little by little, God would show me, look, in the early days of this, this ministry, we had nothing. I was working for a buddy for six bucks an hour just to try to keep our lights on to try to start this ministry. Oh, I'd been on five church staffs before. They paid me twice a month. I didn't know how to live by faith. You can be on church staffs for all your career and never learn how to walk by faith. I'm not dissing that. It's just true. The Spirit of God would show me somebody on the street and say, "Uh, go out there and give him something. I can't even eat lunch. Okay, I've got a dollar, maybe a quarter. Go give it to him. See, it was not about amount. It was about obedience. You hear what I'm saying? Because I had taken my finances under my own sovereignty. And that's the reason the devourer had eaten me alive. You don't bring the tithes into the storehouse. You don't have a, the, the devourers not rebuked. It's tough preaching, isn't it? But it's true. i got to tell you the truth. We begin to sow little by little by little by little by little. And we begin to get revelation. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance. For every good work. Every good work. Now may he. Who supplies sow seed to the sower. Ask God where the seed is. If you don't have it where you can see it in your bank account. Ask God where the seed is. And bread for food. He will supply and multiply the seed you've sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. In this context righteousness is giving. It is sowing for the needs of of the kingdom of God. Supply seed. He will supply and multiply. I want you to see this verse. May he who supplies seed and bread for food, may he supply the seed and then multiply the seed you have sown. How many of you know seed won't come up if it hadn't been sown? and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While Verse 11, while you are enriched, does enriched mean that you're declining or that you are growing in assets? While you are enriched in everything for the purpose of all liberality. That is, God wants to enrich you for the purpose of your obedience to him in meeting his needs in the kingdom of God which causes thanksgiving through us to God when you, when the Lord meets those needs according to what he decides to do in behalf of his children they give thanks it gives, people give thanks to God. For the administration of this service, the collection of these offerings, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Do you know that God's grace has the ability to cause you to have sufficiency and abundance and to cause you to be enriched in everything for the purpose of giving whenever the Spirit of God tells you to. Do you believe it? Well, I don't see it. I didn't ask if you saw it. I said, do you believe it? Anybody can believe if they see, but that's not real biblical faith. All right, well, let's take a look at this. Does everybody see that God's grace has the ability to bless you for the purpose of being a blessing? You know, there's some train wrecks involved in the way some people have ministered this. And all I'm telling you is this. If you think you got perfect balance, you better think again. Because as long as you have this on, you're not perfectly balanced, and neither am I. It's a journey. I said it's a journey. Here's some train wrecks regarding the financial law of sowing and reaping in kingdom economics. It's not about working a system. It's not about, okay, I'm going to put a nickel in and get a quarter out. It's rather investing in a partnership with God. But it's not wrong to expect a return. Did you know this? Are you listening? Every financial command in Scripture is followed by a financial promise. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf and open the windows of heaven. Give and it shall be given to you so mightily reap every financial command is followed by a financial promise isn't it amazing that God must have known how hard it is for us to believe things like that that he followed every command with a promise do not be deceived God is not mocked you will reap what you sow if you don't lose heart and give up and walk away from the harvest. It is not wrong to expect a return, but it is wrong to try to force and manipulate the promise to meet our desires and our timing. I've heard some of this. And I know a lot of you listen to radio and TV preachers, and that's wonderful. You listen to anybody you want to. Just be careful. I've heard some of this. Well, I'm sewing for a new car. Wait a minute. Let me see if I get this straight. (laughs) I'm going to obey the Lord and recognize that He is the Lord of all and that He is... He desires to bless me to be a blessing, but I'm going to tell him what it's going to be. I'm sewing for a new car, and I'm, oh, I'm going to name this car. I'm going to name this car. You know, there's people even teaching in the context, you know, we're going to take an offering tonight, and I want to tell you all, the Lord has told me that this is going to be quickseed. Fast seed. It's going to come up fast. I am not judging that kind of teaching. But be careful. Be careful because the Word of God says that a seed released has to go into the ground and die you got to take your hands off of it for the return to come. You don't go around telling God what he's going to do by you throwing in some seed. That is not a popular word. Be careful. But whatever you do, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because there's perversion don't mean there's the, the, the real is there. It's legitimate. Sowing and reaping is God's idea. Would you go out and plant 100 acres and never expect a return? When you sow into God and faithfulness to him, you ought to expect the return. You just don't have the right to demand when and what it's going to look like. Amen? Does everybody understand me? You don't have to agree with me. Do you understand me? What an opportunity that we have. What are the pitfalls? Well, I've believed this a long time, Pastor, but I'm struggling. Here are some things that I'm going to encourage you to think about. Number one, I know the principle is true. Here are some problems that I had that took me a while to see this, and I have had frustration, aggravation, and an opportunity to disbelieve what I've just read to you in my own life. But I can promise you that that was only because I was reading the middle of the book. I hadn't got to the last chapter yet. I was in a season, and I thought that season was over. But I want to tell some of you listening to me today, in the darkest times of winter, when you can't see a bit of life If you have seed in the ground, you can trust God to cause that seed to germinate and sprout a root and eventually sprout a shoot and a shoot will eventually sprout fruit. God is faithful. He is in control of times and seasons. One of the problems that the Holy Spirit began over time to reveal to me that I had was the problem of entitlement mentality. How'd you get that? It's just part of our culture. It's everywhere, yes or no? Entitlement. What is entitlement? I want everything that you can give me, I just don't want to invest anything. That's true in the government, it's true in the body of Christ, It's true everywhere. I want everything that you can do and serve me, serve me, serve me. I just don't want to have anything invested. It's an entitlement mentality. Are you listening to me? The Lord does not honor an entitlement mentality. It will eventually destroy you. A cousin to that is what I call a... I had a spirit of deferment. And a lot of it is because I spent all this time in school and seminary and church staffs and I didn't have a clue about partnering with God. Deferment, what does that mean? Are you listening? Deferment is where I consciously or subconsciously, without even knowing it, I am depending on somebody else to be my provider, my job, my boss, my company, my church, my husband, my trust fund. What are you subconsciously depending on as your provider? Sooner or later, God loves you so much that he won't let you be deceived into having an inferior provider, and he is going to close that door, and it will not be fun. But it will save your life. And it'll give you an opportunity to learn to partner with the only one who you really should partner with anyway. Ask the Holy Spirit. This is not fun. This ain't fun preaching. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you anything or anybody that you have consciously, your business, your idea, your your, your kin folks, your, your customers. Ask the Lord to show you anybody that you have, without knowing it, dependent on to be your provider, your ministry partner, anybody. And then tell the Lord, you're sorry you look to anybody to be your provider but him alone. Nobody deserves to be in that place. And can I tell you something? Nobody can supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the righteousness of your harvest. Nobody can enrich you in all things except the one to whom you belong. He can make it happen. So deferring and having a spirit of entitlement. Sometimes, those of us in places of walking with the Lord, we need, we need to just ask ourselves this, am I walking in the area of sowing and reaping, in the area of my finances, am I walking with integrity and order? Because not to walk in integrity and order is to not trust God that he is big enough that I have to get blessings some other way except through trusting and believing and obeying him that will circumvent our harvest in my own heart i found out that i had a couple of other major problems in my place of financial brokenness and that was I had a pride problem. I was so very consumed by what I thought others would think of me if they saw me struggle that I did everything in my power to hide my struggle even from those who would have been my covering and those who would have been a wonderful source of prayer and faith with me. I went through way too much pain because of my own pride. So afraid to let anybody know. And you don't need to let everybody know. But God has put somebody safe in your life to pray for you and to walk with you. In my own pride, I constantly felt like that if everybody knew the state of my finances, they would view me as a failure. And I was so afraid of being perceived as a failure, I didn't get out there and walk in partnership and in the light because of my own fear, my own pride. And the Lord unpeeled that onion for me one day and He said, you're so afraid that people will see you as a failure It's because way down deep in your heart of hearts, you're afraid that if they saw you that way, they would reject you. You've got a spirit of fear of rejection. And you're trying to do everything you can do to hold this together, to make this work, and not to let anybody know, and none of it is working. You already know this is going to be true confessions of Pastor Day, did you? I share my own vulnerability with you because I bet you some of you have walked or are walking there now. It doesn't have to be that way. Don't let pride or fear. So I said, God, thank you for telling me I don't have a money problem, I've got a fear problem. And I pursue your love and I ask you to forgive me for not believing and receiving your love as my provider for trying to handle all that on my own. What a mess. What are you trying to tell us? The law of sowing and reaping is true. It is powerful. And you know what you can start partnering with God listen you can start partnering with God listening to his word and his spirit and regardless of where you are today if you will start partnering with God and asking him to show you where you need to start sowing and reaping if you will just start with obedience don't start with your bank account start with obey and ask God Where do you want me to partner with you in this powerful principle of sowing and reaping? God can eventually get you out of wherever you are with sufficiency and abundance. That's what the Word says. You know what you got to do? Don't give up the process. You're not seeing a harvest. You're feeling all this pressure. You think the seed is gone on cold ground? Remember what we read when we started, Galatians 6, 9? That you will, God will see to it that you will reap what you sow if you do not lose, grow weary and lose heart. That means to unplug your faith and to walk away from the promises of God. I've, I've taught a lot longer than I normally do today, but I had to share this with you. This is for somebody. Get your hopes up. Get, God can turn this around. God can turn this around. You can trust him. He can enrich you with everything you need and give you an abundance to be a blessing where he has touched you to give do you believe it let's all stand would you just take a moment and thank the Lord thank him for where you are I know you're in a lot of pain thank him for where you are You're not out of here. Thank Him for where you are. And then thank Him for where He can take you. He can move that mountain. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to sow today? It may be material and financial. It may be relational. It may be mercy or grace or forgiveness. It may be an act of love, compassion. It may be a text or an email or a message or a note of appreciation, of honor. Just get involved in the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. Not to work a system, but to partner with a God who loves you and wants the very best for you. Lord, I want to repeat what you know my heart has cried out for these people in the sound of my voice. I want to repeat it so they'll hear it. That you who are able to make all grace, all favor and ability to abound toward them, I ask you to do it God. So that they would have all sufficiency and have an abundance for every good deed. Put your hand of blessing on these, your children. Bless them with everything they can handle and then increase their ability to handle more of your resources so that you would receive thanksgiving and glory and praise. I ask you to fill those who are lacking, Father, so that they would not be distracted by financial lack. Minister to them. Speak to them. Encourage them. Father, I know that there are those here today who have sown and sown and sown and sown and sown. And it feels like to them that that harvest is buried beneath an impenetrable source. God, give them revelation that there is growing right now under the surface of what has been planted mighty, eternal seed. And I ask you, O God, to break through the ground I ask you to encourage them. I ask you to expedite the shoot and the fruit so that distraction would be removed. You would be glorified. You would get all the glory and the honor and praise for it. Oh God, bless these people. Bless the might of them mightily with resources from heaven in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen and amen. See you next week.